Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode nine of the Rich in Facts podcast. Today we have a very special guest. She is a dating coach, someone who's been in the field for over 10 plus years. She is based out of Boston. Let me welcome you all to Elizabeth Karina. Now, funny thing, this part of the intro got cut from the actual recorded intro. So I'm gonna, on the count of three, cut right to the start of the interview. So in three, two, one, go. Um, you know, just to get the ball rolling, you know, I'd like to know a little more about yourself. Uh, you know, how, where did your passion for, you know, being a dating coach come from? How did this, how did this journey begin? Yeah. Um, well, for me, it's always been an interest. Like ever since I like started dating, I was just interested in like male, female dynamics, love, romance, attraction. And I felt like I had like very little knowledge, like basically no knowledge, right? Other than what's in pop culture. And so I went into dating and like, I was confused about what I was supposed to do. And like, there's so much information out there, but what are, what's true, what's not true, what should you listen to, what shouldn't you? And I had like my own internal stuff going on that made it complicated. And so it was like, honestly, it was like a sticking point for me. It was something I really wanted and was hard for me. And so I like put all my energy and focus onto it just to like understand it, figure it out. And as I learned and, and like applied things, um, I just liked helping friends and like talking about what's going on for dating or relationships with you. And, um, you know, it's been like over 10 years now that I've really focused on this and like just deep dive into it. Um, so that's really where it started. That's awesome. And, you know, dating, like we were saying, uh, you know, before the interview started, I think, you know, dating has definitely evolved over the years and especially recently just coming out of the pandemic where a lot of us, you know, were locked up, alone, isolated, even people in relationships were going through some hard times. And many of them felt that they were alone, but they also didn't feel like, hey, I can leave and possibly go find somebody else because we were so restricted inside for so long. Um, I guess, you know, to sort of get the ball rolling, um, you know, cause you, you, you know, your work, you tend to, you know, you work with men and women, but you tend to work a lot more with women. What are some of the, what, what are in your, from your experience, what are some of the biggest struggles in your 10 years of work that you've seen women, uh, deal with as far as dating and finding, you know, the, uh, the partner of their dreams? Yeah. Um, so typically it's kind of like, a missing some knowledge about just men and understanding what like men want and need. And then a lot of it is just internal stuff, like blocks that we have, beliefs that we have, um, things that are just like getting in our way of being able to like form a genuine connection with someone who's like truly right for us. I, I see a lot of women who I did this myself are like, chasing men who are not really interested in thinking like, oh, I could change his mind or, you know, like just not, um, not really understanding just like, okay, first of all, it's like me, it's my own self-worth, it's my own self-love, it's like my own groundedness and centeredness in my own life and like taking our focus like off of 
the men that we're dating or the man that we're dating and not getting so wrapped up in he needs to be the one, this needs to work out. And like, there's just so much anxiety around dating and someone new. And, and so like a lot of it is just like that inner stuff that can come up, like the self-worth stuff. Um, so it's like two pieces. It's like, I don't really understand what's going on for a man. I don't really understand like his experience and his process. And then also like just the stuff that will come up inside of us. So um, those are kind of like the two biggest things I see. Yeah, and you you talk a lot about that in your work, where you talk about the uh, the anxious attachment triggers and the you know the fear avoidment attachment. And I wanted to get d- deeper into that because you're also big on rewiring the brain and unlearning the things that maybe we dealt with as child. And you know, I'm someone who's a big uh, you know big advocate for therapy and you know, because a lot of therapy is unlearning those childhood habits. And I think one thing you talk about a lot is how, for example, if, you know, maybe a woman growing up, if she didn't grow up in a household where, you know, love was something that I guess was genuine, then that can really show up in dating as far as, um, you know, attracting someone who's good for you. I guess, you know, a classic trope is the, you know, the girl that grows up dating the bad boys all the time. And, you know, the ones that are emotionally unavailable and don't respect her. And then one day later in life, she does meet a man, you know, a nice guy she finds attractive and what have you, but slowly she starts to fall back in that relationship because she's not used to that sort of affection being genuine. It, it, scare, it scares her and then eventually the relationship goes sour. So, you know, what's your, uh, I guess, um, you know, how do you kind of, do you see that as something that sort of plays out a lot in relationships as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the big things that I will look at with the client when they come to work with me is like, okay, like, do you lean in any direction in, in terms of your attachment styles? So our attachment styles are, I like, I call it, it's kind of like a subconscious love blueprint. It's what's like wired in our nervous system. It's what's wired in our belief system. Um, and so that will control a lot of what we're attracted to or not attracted to what we're afraid of. Um, and so somebody who's secure in their attachment style won't struggle as much with dating because it comes pretty easily and naturally that they just don't have all that stuff going on inside that's blocking them beliefs about themselves or about love fears right um and so typically if like we're struggling in in finding someone and having that stable secure relationship it's because something's not working in your attachment style um and so like you know for me I lean more towards like anxious attachment in the beginning when I started dating. And then I went through a couple of experiences in relationships that made me like afraid (laughs) to be hurt or controlled. Like uh, I like took a lot of fears forward after those experiences. And so it made me what like was more fearful avoidant, which means like I really wanted love. Like I really wanted to find my person. And I had a lot of anxiety around like, I'm going to be abandoned. He's going to disappear. He's not going to be interested in me. And at the same time, if somebody started to get closer to me, I would start not trusting them. I'd be like, I don't know if I can trust this person. Like, I think, you know, he's actually going to turn out to be not what I thought. And so like the inner like push pull of like, I really want love. If, if there's this like distance between us, like I'm in the anxious attachment, like trying to like close the gap or just worrying about the gap. Um, but then if the gap started to be collapsed, I'm like, oh wait, no, do I really trust you? (laughs) So then I'm like pulling back. Um, and of course, like that causes so much sabotage in in relationships and confusion, like inside, because you're like, okay, so is that my fear speaking? Is, Is this like just a me thing? Or is it like a real red flag? 
Um, and so that's really what makes dating so confusing for so many women and men. Um, like when we just don't really understand all the things that are going on inside of us and what's mine and what's not. So. Yeah. And, um, you know, I can definitely relate to that. I want to, you know, bring it back to you in a second, but I, I think that's one of the things about our society is we're not taught how to love ourselves properly and we're not taught how to love each other in intimate relations properly. And I think that can be, you know, it's almost like you're going into a classroom without a syllabus or I guess you're about to drive a car with no manual how to operate and that can be very confusing. And, you know, especially if we, you know, maybe weren't, you know, put in a household where, you know, the love was genuine, it can be very tough to accept that love from somebody when either we don't know how to love ourselves or we never learn what it's like to really give love properly. Now I'm curious for you, because it sounds like you experienced that growing up. And I can say for myself, there are many relations that I sabotage because I didn't know how to receive that sort of love nor give that love. I guess, how did you, you know, what, how did you get to that point where you are now? You know, because, you know, um, you know, first off, I guess to add it, congratulations. I know you are, you know, you're rec you've recently become engaged. And so, you know, obviously you, you know, had your experiences with relationships, both positive and negative. I guess, what was, what was that process like for you from, you know, the beginning of dating for you, where it was very anxious avoidment, anxious attachment to, you know, where you are now, it seems like you're in a very healthy relationship. Yeah. Um, you know, you're right. Like everything goes back to childhood, right? Like the, the main issues with relationships and love, they always go back to something that happened. Right. Um, and so, you know, that's where our beliefs are instilled. That's where our nervous system gets wired. Right. Mm -hmm. So like for me, um, when I started dating and, you know, I was in several different relationships and there were always issues. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I would just be like, Oh, it's just him. Oh, you know, it's not a good fit. Right. Um, he's avoidant or, you know, if, you know, it was the guy who disappeared, which would happen sometimes. Um, and I was not realizing how much I like came into play with anything that happened. Um, so like I went through a lot of my life, like I was like trying to learn the, the, the right way to date or, you know, the signs to look for, whatever. Um, but just like not realizing that like me, myself and my story and my background had so much to do with what was showing up and how things were turning out for me. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was, you know, I was like, when did it start? I was ghosted at, at one point by someone I was like really into it. <laughs> it was really hard because I had this abandonment wound that I didn't know I had um, that would get activated around something like that. And so I'd been through like one other like really hard heartbreak. I was like bro heartbroken for months, like for so long, it, much too long that really would have made sense in the length of time I had been dating that person. And mm. to me, because I didn't know any of this stuff, I didn't realize like, oh, that's a sign that I probably have some wounds. Like I have some trauma mm. that I need to deal with. Just thought, oh, this is just how I am. This is just what happens to me. Um, so the second time that that happened, you know, I was at the point where I was like, okay, I think like I must have something to do with this. <laughs> Like, there seems to be this pattern of like falling for these guys who are not really wanting to commit. Like, I, I want that guy. He's the only one I want. Like, what's going on here? And so I started to, 
yeah, I think I like bought a program. And I think, again, it was one of those types of programs that is like, I don't know, like how to catch a guy. I don't know, something yeah. like that. Um, but what it actually was, was like inner work. <laughs> so yeah. it was like, okay, so like, what are the, the beliefs that you have about men or about what's going to happen? And like, what is happening? <clears throat> or what has happened in the past and like how did you respond like say he like takes a while to text back I'm like what's the thought that you're having and so I realized that like I was kind of jumping to these conclusions that I am going to be abandoned all guys are going to leave me um and so I was like okay that's interesting and at this point I literally there weren't really coaches doing dating coaching as far as I know there were a couple online programs ebooks that's it right um and none of it was very good so i just kind of sat with that because i was like okay well that's interesting like my mind jumps to these certain conclusions and it was the first time that i realized like oh i could actually like jump to a different conclusion like i have control over the interpretations i'm giving things um and so i sat with it I think I did like a meditation, just like something really deep. And I, I always go in to get answers. And so I'm sitting and I'm just asking, okay, like, why is it, this is what I'm always jumping to. Why is it men will disappear seems to be my pattern. And, um, it came to me that it's like, oh, well, your dad died <laughs> when you were five. And I, I'm telling you my whole life, I had never thought it affected me. Um, I was like, yeah, I, I like, I remember crying the day that we found out and that that was pretty much it like i my mom remarried stepdad like my life's been great like clearly like that was just a thing that happened in the past no impact um so this is like the first time i was i i actually like started sobbing when i realized that like oh my god like there is this like thing that i've been believing this whole time and that's what it came from and so that was like the beginning of me realizing like, oh, like there's stuff in me that needs to be cleared out like there. And at the time, I probably wouldn't have used the word abandonment wound because, again, like Instagram was not a thing. You couldn't just go mm -hmm. like Google things. <laughs> so it was just like, yeah, um, that's why I have this fear. So I started to reprogram it on my own. I pulled like from a bunch of different places, different processes, made up my own stuff to just like start to rewire my own internal, what I call like the love blueprint. Um, and it wasn't easy to be honest. Like I had decided I was done like falling for chasing these guys who I knew cause I could always feel it. Like he's not really available, but that was the guy I would be going for. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. Like if I feel that, and I know he's like not really available. That's not the guy I'm going to choose. But I had to completely rewire my brain to like be attracted to a man who was open and ready to like be with me in a relationship with me, um, who didn't have any just like unhealed stuff, like a lot of unhealed stuff of his own, which would have been the other situation I would have gotten into with the two of us being super toxic because both of us like had a lot of stuff to heal right um so being like okay i'm gonna like find this like stable guy who's like available and open for love and that was not easy um when i met my fiance i i we actually went on three dates and then i ghosted him because i was like oh no i'm just not feeling it <laughs> like i was like he's a super nice guy yeah. but no <laughs> So I'm like looking for like that feeling of anxiety, which is a guy's going to leave. Like, I know he's not ready. Um, so the universe kept pushing us together. I like 
ran into him on the train late one night after I had ghosted him. And I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. Mm-hmm. He came over and he was like, hi, how are you? And I was, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Um, and then he showed up at my dance class. I think it was two months after that. And it, it was actually at this point that I started doing that really deep inner work mm-hmm. only for about like two months, but just like really rewiring a lot of stuff. Um, and the reason I had said yes to him in the first place to go on those dates earlier was because I had done enough stuff that I was like, oh, he seems like, like a good solid guy and I could start to recognize it, but still not enough that I was like going to stay. <laughs> um, so he showed up at my dance class and, um, you know, I, after I like had to like wade in so slowly cause I had so much fear. So it was like, I have to observe him and I have to see how he is. And he started asking me out again. And I said no several times still, even though I was like, I like this guy, but something in me was just afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, it was actually a pretty rocky beginning for us just because of all of my stuff that kept coming up. And I had to keep telling myself and teaching myself, like, you're not going to run. Like, this is a good guy. <laughs> There's nothing wrong right here. Even though I would, at certain points, I'd be like, oh, no, I, I you know, I think I'm not interested or like I would see something that I would think was a red flag and it wasn't. So I had to do so much like self-coaching um, to really rewire. It, it was it was not easy. <laughs> yeah. And all of this on my own, because back then, like no dating coaches, like mm-hmm. there was nobody who could actually like guide you through that inner work process and like help. So yeah. that, that's my story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an amazing story. Like, you know, you gave me a lot I, I can't wait to unpack and I just you know first I want to say um you know I'm so sorry to hear about you know the loss of your father at such a young age I I, I can't imagine you know what that must have been like for you growing up I you know obviously you shared a little bit with me now so you know it's um you know there's there's no way you can prepare for that and um you know, it's, I, I really, I really want to congratulate you and give you so much credit for just being a real Wonder Woman because you've been through so much dating wise, family wise. And I think it it takes a, you know, it takes a lot for someone to be self-aware and to be like, hey, you know what? I, even though this person may not have had my best interest at heart, I am still 50% of that relationship. Because I've had friends, you know, who, you know, in relationships and, we, I realized like their girlfriends weren't the right people for them, but I had to be honest with them at some point, like, Hey, well, you know, maybe she wasn't the best thing in the world for you, but you still contributed to that. You stayed with that person longer than you, than you should have, because you knew at that point, the relationship was dead. It wasn't fixable, but you stayed because you, you know, you didn't want to feel alone. And I understand that, that that's real, that's authentic, but we still have to look at ourselves and see, okay, what did I contribute to that as well that made it not working for you? And that takes a lot. It really does take a lot because you have to swallow your pride and say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna take my future into my own hands. Maybe I have, maybe, you know, this path I've taken hasn't worked. But the hard thing even going beyond that, like you said, is to rewire and to really start doing that inner work of, okay, what am I doing here that's not, that's playing out? That's a, like, what energy am I putting out that is bringing these men these partners into my life and um you know i think only by doing that inner work do you have that chance and like you said unfortunately back in the day they weren't dating coaches and even from a mental health perspective because inner work a lot of that you know um can come out of therapy as well and 
but back then there was such a stigma on that sort of self work self improvement you know if you told anybody hey i'm gonna get a dating coach i'm gonna go see a therapist people would look at you like you were crazy like there was something wrong with you when the reality is it's just like having a a regular school teacher or a nutritionist or you know like a, a fitness coach it's just someone to help elevate you to get you to a better level you don't necessarily have to doesn't necessarily mean that you're you know that you're less than anybody else because you're not it's just hey you know you want to grow there's pain that you want to heal and elevate and so i think that's so awesome for you for you that you were able to get to that point and get to where you are now and you know it sounds like your story with how you got to your fiance reminds me of like a disney movie with a mix of like an episode of two and a half men i saw like a couple years ago but you know, it's, um, I think what you're saying really resonates with me and it resonates with so many women as well, where it's like, yes, you know, you do meet that you did, you know, your fiance, you did feel like that person was good for you, but it was very tough to really get yourself involved with them because, you know, growing up, you know, you lost your father at a, at a, at a very young age and that obviously had an impact on, you know, love and attachment for you. And so to see that in another man, someone who really, you know, maybe gave you a similar vibe to what it was like growing up with with dad that can be really tough to sort of have that come back to you in any way shape or form so you know i think it, it, it's definitely one of the hardest things for us growing up as we get older is on learning the things that are not working for us and learning the things that do work for us and as you've seen in your experience that can take a lot of time and even when you're in the mix of it you are still going to go through the motions and have times when you pull back and, and, and it doesn't work, but you know, that's all a part of being human. And, you know, I'm so happy for you that you were able to come out of that on the other side. And, you know, now you're engaged to your fiance and it sounds like you guys have a very bright future ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of like the most important thing, I think when someone first comes to work with me is like, not, not, just wanting to blame everything else in your life for like why it is the way it is right because it's true things happen right like really hard things happen we go through tough relationships things in childhood um but then it it gets to be at the point where it's like okay that happened but is that going to define my future mm -hmm. like am i going to play that i'm the victim to this forever i'm going to be like okay like but what is my what can i take responsibility for now in my life to actually create what i want um, and I think usually like that's kind of the point that you get to when you go to therapy or you hire a coach is like that point when you're ready to be like, okay, but like somehow I'm co-creating my future at least. Right. Mm -hmm. So let me do what I need to do so I can create what I want. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I, um, you know, I, I, you, you, you touched on this uh, a little bit earlier, but, um, you were talking about the, uh, the spark and that was something I wanted to talk to you about the spark and the love <laughs> at first sight. Well, actually, I would say, yeah, let, let me start with that and then I'll get on the second part later. But what is your perspective on the spark? I can get an idea based on what you were saying before, but I guess, you know, we, you know, we live in, we, we live in the Hollywood Disney culture where obviously, you know, the, the, it's in all the movies, right? Is that, is that spark real and from your perspective or is that, do you feel like that has to do with more of, I guess, maybe trauma from our childhood sort of projecting what love what it's supposed to look like i guess what's your perspective on the spark and the love at first sight sort of uh of, of, of narrative yeah um 
the way I look at this is like, okay, so in the past, how has that worked out for you? Yeah. <laughs> so like, if you've been following that spark and like the, it's been a train wreck of, you know, experiences with Matt or relationship, it's, it's like, okay, not sure that that's probably your most accurate judge of whether someone's going to be good for you. Um, Cause this does go back to like our subconscious wiring around like what love is and, and what we're going to be attracted towards is usually what we know, like what feels familiar. And so like, if you're feeling that immediate spark, it very likely could be like <laughs> a representation of something you experienced in childhood and, and like your subconscious is recognizing that in that person. Um, so I think it's, it's not important to necessarily be there right away. It's like, do I like this person? Am I drawn towards this person? And like, how do I feel around them? But then there's so much more that that's important than just, did I immediately feel something? Um, I was just watching, uh, the first season of Married at First Sight, where they're like, pairing up people, right, with psychologists and based on a bunch of different scales, like who would be a good match for this person. And um, one of the women that they matched up with a man who was like literally everything she said that she wanted. Um, she walks down the aisle for the first time because you meet your, your future husband and wife literally when you're walking down the aisle. Um, and she was like, oh my God, I'm not attracted to him. And she like, you know, she said I do, but then she like burst into tears in the hallway, was like, don't touch me. She didn't want to be near him. She was like, this is the worst decision I made in my life. Um, well, she is the one who ended up falling in love. They are still together. And this was, I think eight, seven or eight years ago that this was filmed. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just goes to say that like the, the spark is not necessarily the most important thing and sometimes can be very misleading. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I think that spark, especially when it comes to dating apps, can be very tricky because, um, you know, like you were saying earlier, there's so much research and study and this, that, and the third of what's contributing to it. But, you know, as you work with your clients, there are a lot of single women out there and there are a lot of very attractive single women out there. And, you know, when it comes to dating apps, I... I, I remember hearing about this article and it talks about how, you know, women tend to have X amount of many more options than men, like way more options. And that makes me kind of at the same time, I wonder if a lot more options turns out to be too many options for women um, for, you know, many reasons, but I wanted to kind of get your perspective on it first. And, you know, from your experience with your clients, what has the impact of, what do you, what has the impact of dating apps been uh, on women and, um, you know, in the modern day. Oh, I'm so interested that you said that. So is that something that men are talking about? Like, oh, the women have too many options. That is so yeah. funny. Cause I will tell you, my clients say that about men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that that's hilarious. It, it's so it's, but honestly, this is why I love having this conversation because you only, you, you're not gonna, you only learn so much by being on one side of the spectrum. If you really want to get deeper into the conversation, you have to get other perspectives outside of, you know, like, you know, whether it's a group of men, your friend group or what have you. Um, you know, I was just, um, well, because in my experience, like, you know, most of the guys on, but it's kind of like, all right, we swipe right on everything. And then depending on who matches back, that's kind of how you decide, you know, who you'll go on a date with. But, you know, I remember having this conversation with uh, one of my buddies and, you know, like two of them, you know, one was a dude, the other one was a girl. And, you know, 
and we were talking about how it seems like a lot of women have more options and specifically on dating apps and it had me thinking well i think that works against women in the sense where when you have that many options it's very tough to be present when you're going on a date with somebody because let's say, I don't know, let's say you go on a date with someone and you had a great time with them. You know, you found them attractive and you definitely do it again, but maybe in your mind, you didn't feel that spark or that, that maybe it factor that maybe you're used to getting. And instead of thinking about possibly going on that second date, immediately you on your phone and there's like 20, 30 notifications of like, you know, 30 more guys, you know, ready to go on a date with you. And I think that can make that very challenging for a woman because it's okay. You, we can't treat people like a grocery shop transaction. It's very tough to get to know somebody on just one date. And it's like, if you're kind of going one, 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 it's like, you're not really given enough time for you to get to know that person, to get to know if they're really a match. And I, but at the same, but that can be tough because it's so easy to have that. The grass is always greener on the other side or what else is out there that's possibly better sort of thing. So that's why I feel like, having a lot of options can a lot of times turn into too many options and that can be very overwhelming but that that's just from one angle that i that I, i've seen it from i'm curious you know from and obviously i want to talk more about you know what you've noticed i'm working with your clients but I, but I, on that topic i kind of wanted to know what your perspective is and what you've kind of experienced from working with your clients on dating apps yeah you know it's it's funny um because like I said, my clients will say that I used to feel that way when I was on dating apps. I was like, oh, there's just like too many people, right? And I would think that same for men, like they, they've got too many options. Like, you know, it's so easy to just move on. Um, but, you know, I think what I found working with clients and even if I just think about my own experience is that like, yes, like our, our stuff that is unhealed and undealt with like no doubt gets in the way of us being able to like form connections with people and like let the right people in. But I also think that, um, you know, we, we are all on there looking for love. And I think like a woman hearing your perspective is so helpful for her to hear too, right? Because she's thinking, oh, men are, are just on there so many options, he's going to move on to the next, how many women is he talking to? And like, just recognizing that actually both men and women really do want to find love. That is actually like, most of them are on the dating apps for that purpose. They are trying to find the right person. Um, and so like, I just look at it that way that I'm like, I'm going to recognize the actual reason that we're here, right? Everybody is trying to find that right person. And so like, when I'm working with the client, I'm just focusing on helping her like really create a profile that is really going to speak to somebody who would want her, the life that she lives, like the qualities that she has, like what she wants for her future and to be able to just stand out on an app. So someone can, it doesn't feel like just another person. Everybody's the same. They're all saying the same things. Cause I know most people have like, Oh, I love like my dog and travel and you know, like just very surface level things. It's like, okay, well, knowing that everybody is trying to find a real connection, they're trying to find a person they really do connect with, like how, how much quicker can we create a real connection, right? Mm -hmm. So like how much can you actually reveal about yourself that matters? So you actually create a, a much more genuine connection like from the start. And that's literally what I've seen with my clients is like when we focus on genuine connections and authenticity, that it doesn't really feel that way anymore. Um, but I think 
Yeah, you can have that mentality, but I don't, I don't think it's really helpful. You know, when you come at it from the perspective of like, we're all just trying to find love, right? So some, somebody's going to be right for me and then like, I'm going to be right for them. And so like, how can I just get deeper earlier and not like sharing the wounds and stuff, right? But it's just like really being authentic Um, because those connections, somebody's not just going to swipe by and forget about you. And this is the same for men too, right? So. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it makes me wonder, um, well, you know, to kind of piggyback off what you're saying, I think that it's about being present, right? You know, you know, if you're going on a date with someone, it doesn't help, you know, even if they might have other, you know, I don't know, other people they're talking to, it doesn't help when you're not able to be present on that date either, because then you're, you're worrying about things that you necessarily can't control, right? You know, if that person's coming out and they're in front of you, the best thing that you can do is, you know, be authentic and, you know, give your time and your energy to that person in front of you because at the end of the day, they did come out to to see you. So, you know, it is worth, you know, just kind of not worrying too much about who's talking to who or who's talking to what and just, you know, just, I guess, being present, just really giving, you know, trying to give and be authentic, right? And try to really form a connection. Now, um, I guess when it comes to, um, you know, the, the debate on, I guess, the, well, let me try to introduce the question. Let me try to introduce the question like this, because one of the, you know, I, I'm curious if you if you've experienced this with your clients, but I'm wondering. Sometimes I wonder if, as far as, what you know, partners value, how good are we? At, I, I guess evaluating, wants versus needs, because I think maybe you know maybe this maybe this guy expects this and this out of a woman, but and vice versa, but that might not necessarily be something that you necessarily need to create a healthy relationship. And I think sometimes that can sort of get in the way. Like, for example, I don't know, like, let's say a guy will say that, you know, he doesn't want to date a woman unless she can cook, she can clean, you know, will stay at home with the kids and not work. And maybe on the vice versa side, you know, a woman won't date a, um, you know, a man per se, unless he's making a hundred K, you know, with six, five, you know, I don't know, has like a six pack, what have you. Um, how do you, do you like, and this is sort of a tough thing to, to sort of bring up because I think there's a very fine line between that. And I don't want to come off like I'm saying, like someone shouldn't have their expectations because it's fine to have expectations. It's fine to have uh, qualities that you value, but sometimes I wonder if certain how do I say it? Certain prerequisites that we might have might actually be getting in our way from finding someone who could really, you know, be that second half for us and just, you know, I guess elevate just the real connection. Like, do you, do you find, do you find any, any sometimes in your work that maybe certain clients might be looking for something that they want and not necessarily need and they, that might be getting in their own way, I guess, in, the, in that, if, if that's for lack of a better term. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There can be kind of shallow surface level things that really don't impact the quality of the relationship that you're going to have with someone. Um, And, you know, part of the work that I'm helping clients do is actually get like the clarity on the real non-negotiables or the real deal breakers versus like the things that really won't matter over a long term or in terms of like your satisfaction or happiness in that relationship, the quality of your emotional connection. And so it, yeah, I mean, some of this comes from just like not having really sat down and been very, very honest with yourself about like, 
what do I actually need from a relationship or from a partner? And, and some of it also has to do with like not having done enough inner work, right? So that you're kind of in a codependent energy thinking your partner has to do these things because I need to feel good and I won't feel good if this isn't done. And it, it's more like your responsibility. Um, or it could be, yes, like something around self-worth, using a partner as an extension of your self-worth, right? He has to look a certain way or earn a certain amount of money um, versus like, okay, but what human being do I really need so I can feel feel my best and be my best in a relationship? So like really drilling it down to like those core essential things and like removing a lot of the stuff that won't matter at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, I guess this is something that's very obvious to you, of course. Well, I shouldn't say obvious, but I'm, I know this is a, a pretty generic question, but I do think it needs to be asked. How important is that inner work, uh, you know, for us going into those relations? How important is it to really, I guess, do that, so, you know, really invest in ourselves emotionally, mentally, you know, going into a relationship? How, how important is that inner work for relationships? Both, I guess, maybe while you're single, but also even while you're in that relationship, I guess what I'm saying, how important is it before and how important is it to continue that work even while you're in a relationship? Um, I think it's everything. <laughs> I just think it's going to determine the, the quality of your relationship, the quality of your connection, um, like, if the relationship survives or not <laughs> depends on if you continue to do that in relationship. You know, there have been points um, in, in our relation, my relationship where I've been like, I got to do a lot more inner work around this. Like, Oh, that's another like blind spot. I didn't realize I had like, it's always, it's ongoing. It's forever. And, you know, to me, I think that that gets to be like a joyful thing because it's like mm-hmm. my life is getting better and better and better the more I do it. Um, versus like this burden that I, that like it's something I have to do. It sucks. It's like mm-hmm. no, like it's actually joyful. It's like expanding. It expands my life. It expands everything when I do that. So for me, it, it's it's a non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love to do it, right? Because I I can see the ripple effect in my life. Yeah, and you know another reason why I ask that question is because um you know i and i feel like this happens again i'm gonna bring up the whole disney hollywood thing but you know and i'll and i'll give personal examples from friends but i i almost get this perspective i think that there's this idea that once you get married or after a certain couple years in the relationship maybe past the honeymoon phase i think we have been programmed in our society to think that you know once you get past a certain number of years a threshold that everything works itself out right there are no there's no more of that relationship work to grow and evolve and that's why you know a lot of relationships do fail after the honeymoon phase and it makes me think that's why a lot of marriages fail you know early on because i i I think i don't know if there's enough emphasis on hey you know this is constantly a game of teamwork and self-improvement for both of us um do you, do you, do you, I guess, do you see that at all? Where did, I mean, is that, is, am I kind of looking at this from, I guess, a, like a blind side view or do you, do you see in your work with your clients where it's like, there's almost this, well, man, I really, you know, I, I'll finish with that question first, but I guess how, I guess how, I guess I kind of already asked that part. So let me not back, let, let me not back check on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, I guess to, to kind of flip it, what are, you know, some of the biggest issues that you see that your clients go through 
um, and, and, and uh, you know, from what you're able to share as far as like them, you know, dating and finding uh, their partner. In terms of their inner work, like the, the biggest challenges? Well, I, I would say generally speaking, you know, oh, whether okay. it's online or whether it's, you know, after the first date or I don't know, maybe they're in a relationship and, you know, like, I don't know if you ever had clients that were in relationships and they went to you for advice and they just had to like, you know, bring the, the, the energy back, the romance back, so to speak, I guess. What are some of the biggest struggles that you've noticed that your clients have come in with? Hmm. Um, so I think there's like different kind of levels or different areas that, that people come to me and they're like stuck in that place or struggling in that place. But, mm -hmm. um, I think the biggest one in terms of like, if we're talking about like a single woman is around like self-worth and, and self-love, mm -hmm. um, that tends to be the biggest, like if I boil everything that's going on for them down, like it's, it's usually that, um, and so like doing the inner work around that is, is changes everything. Right. And there can be like smaller things, you know, like uh, more practical things that we can do along the way. Like I said, like understanding how to use it, your dating profile effectively to be meeting men who are going to be a good match for you. So it doesn't feel like, Oh, like I'm just one of a million women. Right. Um, so like kind of the practical aspect of that, I, I get a lot of clients who, um, you know, I look at the profile, I'm like, well, I know why you're not attracting the kind of man you're wanting to attract, because like the profile is is not going to be attracting him, right? So like, some of it is more like the practical. Um, there's stuff just about like, how to date. Um, I, we're again, we're not taught this, like, how to show up on a date, how to like be on a date. Um, and so like, I, I've had clients who like, dating's not going so well but then when we look at like okay but what's the energy that you're bringing to that date how are you being on that date how are you communicating with the man on that date like that's such a block and so they'll be like oh, I don't like I'm another man I'm not interested in or like it, it felt whatever something was off you know but we look into it and we were like okay but like what's the energy you brought to that date like how are you being on that date um not understanding the dynamic between a man and a woman in a romantic kind of setting. Mm -hmm. um, so it can be that. Um, yeah, I, I feel like those are the big ones, right? All the attachment styles that are insecure attachment styles, they all boil down to a self-love, self-worth. Like that's kind of the center of the problem and it manifests in different ways, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah well i'm glad you brought that point up because i was literally having that conversation with one of my best friends recently right just specifically about the the prac the practical yeah, the the practical part about the dating apps you know the sort of how you're carving your profiles because you know i can share this story because i have this good relationship with him but you know basically you know one of my friends reached out to me and he was like hey you know like are you on dating apps and i was like nah man you know they're not going well for me. I don't, you know, whatever. I don't match up with the type of people I want to go out with. And when I showed him like my dating profile, he was like, all right, listen, Rick, there might be one picture here, one picture that you can put on this dating app. Like you were not going to attract the type of girls you're looking for if your profile is looking like that. And, you know, I was kind of like, well, damn, <laughs> you know, what, what kind of like, you know, like give me the playbook, like what pictures do, you know, what pictures do I need out there to sort of make it work? And, you know, one of the things I kind of got out of what he was saying, one of the main things was, okay, the pictures that you put on Instagram, 
you don't necessarily want to, you might not necessarily want to put that on like Tinder. They're, you know, there's mm -hmm. there's <laughs> I mean, you can tell, I'm sure you've seen that before. There, there's levels to, okay, you know, you might not want to look like you're 21 at 26 or 29. Like it's okay to go out and have fun for one thing. You know, it's okay, you know, to have your fun pictures, but on this specific platform, on this domain, there, there's a certain look that is mm -hmm. going to get you in the door and you might have the personality to make it work. But as far as dating apps, there is a certain level of cleaning up, you know, that you do need to have on that app if you want to attract some people. And it sounds like it works the other way. It works. It's coming on both sides for both, you know, women as well. You know, maybe, I don't know, kid, I don't know what, you know, what X amount of many person be posting, but it seems like that part of it does matter to how you, what sort of profile you are creating on these dating apps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I guess to kind of go bigger into the dating aspect of, uh, of things, um, you know, we are, we're in interesting times now, right? Like, you know, we, obviously this country has a history of not, you know, treating women with respect, both economically, emotionally, what have you. Now we're slowly transitioning to time where, you know, women are able to have more opportunities to lead businesses, X, et cetera, et cetera. You know, recently, you know, feminism has made a big boom in this country, the Me Too movement, of course. Um, I'm curious because obviously, um, you know, a lot of men are, are being held accountable, which they weren't before. I think that, but I wonder, is there also that sort of group in the middle? I've noticed that there is a group of men in the middle who I think are somewhat confused on, I guess, maybe how to approach women. They might not feel comfortable approaching women, maybe at the gym or the bar or the coffee shop because they don't want to come off as maybe creeps or be in the way, I guess, like, you know, for advice for men, like how to where it, like, how do they find that middle ground where, you know, they find, you know, they, you know, they might, you know, if they, you know, they come in with, you know, parent, parent intentions, obviously they want to get to know someone they find interesting. How do they, I guess, approach women in a sense where it's not going to be creepy, but you know, it's authentic, you know, and not, you know, in the way, I guess, in that sense of, of, of the, of the, of the imagination. That is such a good question. Um, I literally have been making modules on this right now for my female clients because I'm like, look, men are afraid to approach you because they don't want you to, to say you're harassing them, you're a creep. So like you need to be making yourself open and making it clear to men like, hey, like I'm not going to bite your head off. Like I want you to approach me. Literally teaching them how to do that. Um, but yeah, on the other side, you know, I'll say, you know, I met my fiance at a dance workshop and because I, I know the things I'm teaching my clients like I let him know I was open to talking to him <laughs> so like I think it's kind of like reading the cues on both sides right so as like a woman like if we look at a man we smile at him like maybe a couple times he's gonna know okay like I can approach her <laughs> right yeah. um so like that's something a woman can be doing on her end um and then I think as a man, like you can offer to help her. Right? You can just say hi, you know, if she's giving you that real strong vibe of like, don't approach me, then, then don't. Right. So it's kind of like reading the energy. And I think that, you know, as a woman, that was something I had to, to learn to work on is to be approachable. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. You know, Cause I, you know, even like for me as a guy, like it, it's one of the things that I rarely have tried to not do as much post pandemic is just not being on my phone in places where I'm where I could or I'm trying to meet people right because you know that might come off as because you know I mean in this day and age right I think 
a lot of times we're on our phones, even when we're not really looking for anything, just because we don't want to look like it, 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 you, it almost, I think there's this thing where we kind of feel weird if we're not constantly like, like doing something or looking busy, like, mm-hmm. you know, whether that could be going to a restaurant by yourself or, you know, I don't know, standing next to a flagpole waiting to, for a friend. I think it's holding our phones and scrolling is sort of become this sort of social defense mechanism to not look lost, to look occupied. But for me, you know, and I, and I, and it sounds like, you know, it, it's true for certain women too. It's like, little things like that, your body language, because you, if, if you want to meet someone, it's not going to help you if you're like, you know, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, let's say a bar, right? And you're on your phone the whole time, because that comes off as you're not approachable, you're more occupied with doing something else. So, you know, just to piggyback about what you're saying, it sounds like, you know, as men, you know, it helps us to read the cues and to pay attention to signs. But on the other side, women too, like it helps both sides if we we're putting out the sort of energy that we are approachable and we are comfortable being approached. And if it's not the right person, then, you know, obviously we can work through, you know, have, you know, telling them, Hey, you know, thanks, but no thanks sort of thing. Um, now, uh, I, you know, this is another, this is another cool question I thought would be, you know, on, on the certain topic, but I mean, you know, obviously we kind of dive in this, but playing, we, we, I do think we're in a time now where with social media, or let me start with this. I'll go with the social media the impact mm-hmm. of social media on dating. What, how, how, if any, have you seen social media's impact on dating in, um, you know, I guess in the modern day for better or for worse? What, had, what has your perspective been on it? Whether that's, you know, in, interaction with clients or your own personal experience? Yeah, I mean, I don't remember ever adding any man onto my social media unless I like was more serious about dating him. And even then I I could have waited a while. I like was pretty private about it. Um, I I know like with clients, especially clients who lean more anxious attachment, like it can be a real suck of, of time and energy because it's like, Oh my God, like women are liking his post. He's online. Why isn't he messaging me back? And so like, Honestly, like the less that you can have to do with that, the better, because it's just not helpful. Because <laughs> um, I, I can, it does, it spirals, it can spiral you, um, you know, too much hyper awareness around is he online? Is he offline? What's he doing? Um, so, yes, it, I've seen it add a lot of confusion to dating. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, I wonder even as far as the, so, you know, obviously before Instagram and Snapchat, you know, you would ask, you would ask that person you're interested in for their number. Whereas now there's sort of more, I notice more men are asking women for their Snapchat or their Instagram. I guess like, is that a, like, it does, is that a good, I can say, is that a good idea, but I want to ask in a better way, I guess, does that help or hurt men in the long run as far as I guess, you know, if they wanted to go on a date with that person, maybe I like, I think some of the, Hey, I'm going to ask you for your Instagram or Snapchat is it doesn't, it might, it doesn't come off as, um, as aggressive, I guess. Like, I don't know. Almost, I almost, I wonder for guys, I think for us, if it, some of us, it feels like there's a little more leeway, right? Like, you know, I might be, you know, we follow each other, you know, if there's mutual interest, maybe we message or like a couple pictures and comment on stories or as opposed to if I had your number, you know, I'm it's almost, it might feel a little more direct. I don't know. Does that, does that, I guess, does that help at all to our guy? I guess our guys better off just kind of just, you know, keeping it sort of semi old school asking for numbers or is there something to this 
well, let me get your Instagram or Snapchat instead. Um, okay, so I feel like when I was dating, <laughs> that was not ever really asked of me. I think it was usually numbers. Yeah. Um, I was like, maybe I can remember a couple of people where it's like, here's my Facebook. I personally, I'll just tell you as a woman, what I would have preferred though, is if a man was actually interested in me, he would get my number. Mm-hmm. And then he would text me or call me and like set up a date. Like, I think more direct is better. Um, it's just like, there's less gray area, less confusion. It's actually pretty attractive, especially if you're talking about a woman, a feminine woman, like we want to be pursued, mm-hmm. like the kind of like sideways. Oh, now I'm like following you on Instagram and maybe I'm watching your stories. Like, no, like be direct, ask yeah. me out, like express your interest. Um, I, that is what I would have preferred. <laughs> yeah. I can say, I think most of my clients, like it's so much clearer that way and it feels better. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that that's definitely um you know helpful to know um and now i'm gonna get into the other thing that you've talked about recently on your instagram as we get into the climax of this interview per se um you talked about um feminine feminine versus masculine energy in dating and i thought that was very like that really stuck out to me because i think especially you know in modern day right at you know this sort of who is the who is the patriarch and who is sort of the matriarch in the relationship? I think when how do I say this? Like I I I think uh I think there is some confusion when it comes to men and women on, I guess, for in this term, like for lack of a better term, I guess, who should lead in the relationship, right? Who should be the the alpha and the omega? And you had a post about, you know, like how both men and women can have both that masculine and feminine energy. And I kind of wanted to get, you know, a little deeper into your perspective on that, because I think that, you know, there are some guys who might feel a little turned off by a woman that maybe they feel like is a little, for lack of a better term, too dominant. But at the same time, you know, I don't think there's there's nothing wrong with a woman, you know, showing some leadership in a relationship and being able to take care of herself and advocate for herself. I think, you know, again, with the, with the changes and how women have more opportunities now, slowly, but surely it is for guys, I guess, who grew up in a household or an environment where the men always did the leading and the decision-making and all that for some of them, it can be intimidating to know, okay, do I always have to be on top or is it okay to sort of pull back? And, you know, obviously for a woman, I think it's one of those things where you don't, do I always have to, I guess, be the, the Robin or is it okay for me to either lead all the time or, you know, have a little more balance of that? What is sort of your, you know, I kind of want to get, you know, more of your thoughts on the feminine versus masculine energy in dating uh, for Mm. women in in this, in this case. Yeah, well, actually, I'm curious to hear from you, like, as a man, what is your preference? Like, would you want to just be like, I'm, I'm leading, she's good with that? Like, curious, like, from your perspective, like, what would you want as a man? Yeah, for me, I feel like I've always grown up with this sort of like this underdog sort of edge. Like I had, I have an older sister who's seven years older than me. And I always felt like I had to sort of fight for her respect. But I'm also, but I also grew up, I also have a very competitive background. So I, I like a woman who can take charge. Like I like a little bit of attitude that doesn't, it doesn't intimidate me when a woman can hold herself in a room. Like I, I, I like that, 
I think for me, like, I, I like the type of girl that I could have this sort of like, you know, sort of back and forth. If anything, maybe her being a little bit, just a little bit maybe above me as far as like maybe some decisiveness and decision-making, because then that gives me something to look up to and see as far as, okay, I can grow and continue to reach that higher level. I, I, I've always kind of like liked the, the sort of the climb and seeing an example and then being able to reach that example and go above that. I, I, I like, for me, it, it I guess, I, I guess what I could say, I, I don't, for lack of a better term, this is going to be kind of an athlete's quote, but I don't like it when the game is too easy. Like I don't necessarily, I, I, I like, I like a little more even 50, 50, if not just slightly higher because if it's even, or if that person, you know, maybe is slightly bringing a little bit more energy, then it gives me something to sort of, okay, strive towards, like to grow towards, like it doesn't always start and end with me. Um, obviously, like I'm a very, like myself, I consider myself a very decisive and sort of go-getter type of person, but that doesn't intend, but I want my partner to have that same sort of energy and at times be able to go even further than me because, you know, it's like, there, you know, there was that, like this weird study, I guess, with the person and the arms. And if they stretch all the way, then I don't know, there's all the studies about the kid who thinks he can pass, does typically better than the kid who doesn't think they're going to pass. But for me, I, I like a relate, I would like a relationship where it's more evenly matched if, you know, more, more, more back and forth, I guess there's times when I, I, you know, would like to be the decisive and there's times when I like them to be the decisive. I, I like, I like that constant, you know, us growing together, sort of back and forth, even. Um, but that, you know, but that, 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 that's, uh, that's my, that's my perspective or point of view. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like, kind of, if we think about it in terms of like a match in, in a relationship, right? Like you're looking for like an equal, mm -hmm. right? Like, exactly. or a woman who like inspires you to right. want to be a better man. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't I actually think that's like kind of, um, separate from masculine feminine energy. That's more just in terms of like personal development and like goals in life and mm -hmm. like who we are and who we're becoming, um, versus like, I'm, and I'm trying to remember what your original question was. Um, but like when I think of like masculine feminine energy, it just like, and I, I think it, it changes a little bit too, once you're like in a relationship, but like in terms of dating, I think of the feminine energy more as like the receptive one. So it's like, uh, the masculine energy is like, do you want to go out on a date? Like, when can I take you out? And the feminine energy is like, yes, I'll go on a date with you. Like, this is when I'm free. And the masculine energy is like, okay, great. Like I made the plans. And she's like, okay, I, I like that. I'll come along. Um, so it's kind of like the, the masculine energy is like moving, making things happen, like moving the relationship forward you know, asking her out again. Whereas the feminine energy is kind of like, I'm over here, I'm like living my best life. And you know, if you're showing up for me and I'm happy with it and I like you, then I, I will keep saying yes. But it's not like, I'm gonna try to make it happen. I'm gonna pursue this man to like ask him out and like make a relationship happen. It's kind of like, I'm in my lane, I'm here living my best life. And men are coming to me and, and they're like asking me out and I'm saying yes or no. Um, and I, I kind of like show up and I go along for the ride if it's a ride I want to be on. Um, it's kind of like more of an effortless energy. It's not like this goal focused energy of like, he's the one I'm going to marry him. I'm going to make it happen. But it's more like, 
I'm open to the possibilities. I'm open to this man in front of me. I'm open to possible future versus like the already like decided trying to like focused, make it happen kind of energy. Yeah. And you just brought up something, which will be, I guess my sort of last question before I get into the sort of the two closeout questions. And of course, this is another one of those studies that I don't know was out there. I didn't find the article. I just sort of heard it from somebody uh, who, you know, recently, you know, like this podcast, I follow who talked about it, but I guess the, the research study was, you know, talking about the main reasons why men and women are single. And this research study came out with these three answers. And I guess the first one was um, that, you know, both men and women don't know how to read the signs of when somebody is, you know, flirting with them or finding them attractive. The second part was, uh, the second the second reason was they don't, you know, both men and women aren't very good at flirting and conveying their feelings. And then I think the final, the final answer was, you know, X person isn't trying hard enough to make it happen. Have, do you, like, I guess, what is your, so if on that particular, I guess, article or whatever, have you found in your experience with, you know, clients or just in your experience that those three things, whether that be, you know, you know, men and women either not knowing how to flirt or not knowing how to read the signs when someone's flirting with them or just not trying hard enough, in the, it, you know, to find that person. Do you, do you, do you, have you experienced any correlation with any of those points? Or is that just kind of like, is that, does that seem more like hot air to you? What, sorry, what was the outcome of the study? This, these three things contributed to... to oh, oh, to why, uh, why, you know, so many women and men are single, you know, in, in the modern day. Uh, it may have had more so to do. I, I don't remember if it was more leading towards women, but I'm pretty sure it was both. Um, but, you know, it was, it, it, it did, it did kind of stand out to me in this one sense, because, you know, I remember seeing, you know, you know, this person I follow on social media and she was talking about how, you know, she's into, I guess, X type of guys, but she was saying how those type of guys tend to like women who are, you know, very, I guess, decisive and approachable and she's not that type of girl. So why would she ever go out of her way, you know, to sort of go after those guys? And I was like, well, that kind of made me think about number three. And I was like, how much of that is okay? be yourself and you'll attract the right energy versus well you can still be yourself but you know kind of like whether it's a job interview or i don't know whether it's you know going after anything like your meal there does need to be some level of effort you can't just wait for you know prince charming to pop up in your room there does need to be some action and some level of stepping out of your comfort zone um, but that was kind of what was going through my head with number three, because I, I see that for guys and women as well, but I, not to get too specific with that, I was just curious, yeah. um, you know, just kind of reiterate how d does not putting in the effort, not knowing how to make our intentions clear and not knowing when someone is wanting to get to know us better. Are those, do those, how much do, of those factors do you think contribute to the single rate um, right now? Ooh, so I know it's like um, a very loaded, and I kind of made that a much more I apologize. It sounded a lot better in my head. <laughs> but 
what I will say is that um, I think a lot, it's interesting that this is what the, the article found because I think it kind of makes sense. Like I like to, to look at, okay, but like underneath all of that, what's going on, if someone is like, I don't know how to flirt or I don't know how, I can't read if someone's flirting or like I'm not making enough effort. Um, I kind of like to drill down under it and be like, okay, so like what's going on under that? And I think, and I can think about myself too, like on this journey to like understanding dating. And like, I was, I guess I kind of always knew how to flirt. I don't know where I just got it. I just did. But like, I have observed other women who really uh, don't feel comfortable with it or, um, I think a lot of it has to do with, again, like self-worth. And I, I actually would say it probably for men too, like a confidence thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, that like, if you have the belief that like, well, men aren't interested in me, or if you're afraid of men, um, then like, you're not going to be flirting, right? Because there's like the fear of rejection. <laughs> it's like, well, he wouldn't like me anyways. Why would I try? That guy is like way better than me, or that woman is like way better than me. And so like we kind of like self-sabotage and like create like a, a like a self-fulfilling prophecy essentially where like we won't try, we won't put ourselves out there. Um, and I know like for a lot of the women I work with that this can come down to it's like either a self-worth thing or like a fear of being like seen, a fear of that attention that they might get, um, fear of like interacting with men. Um, and so like not because I think everybody naturally does know how to flirt it's just that we can like not allow ourselves to and maybe have like fear or shame or something around it and so then of course like if we're not in that like vibe of like connection and love like we're probably not going to recognize that in someone else either because again like the belief like they're not interested in me why would they be interested in me um maybe i'm afraid to get too close to someone i i have done that in the past or like it, there was a guy who was clearly flirting and you know my it was my mom was like that guy was flirting with you and i was like what he was no but i kind of knew but it pretended i didn't um so yeah, I think it like <laughs> some of it is like the internal stuff, including like not being willing to put in the work, right? You're going to have to make a dating profile or you're going to have to go out and meet people and you have to be open to meeting people. So even if you put yourself somewhere, if you're not open to connection, that won't happen. Um, so I don't, I mean, I don't know the, the research on numbers, but like it, it does make sense to me that that would definitely contribute because of kind of the belief systems that could be underneath why that's happening. And yeah, you know, now to just kind of transition that to the sort of closing questions, um, you know, I guess, you know, obviously I don't, I, I know you're, you're, you're a coach. I don't want you to give, you know, you don't have to give away all your, the whole playbook, but you know, if you could share a couple of tips, you know, I guess for our, you know, our listeners, you know, particularly the women, what advice, you know, would you give to women as far as finding their partner, you know, in the modern day, like what tips can they do to, I guess, you know, whether that's improve themselves or just improve their, their, their chances of find, you know, of, of dating, just how, how can they get to that next level and, you know, learn how to start to love themselves and be able to manifest that love into uh, the part, you know, their dream partner. What advice would you give to, you know, women listening right now who are looking and want to yeah. In that area. Yeah, I mean, I would say the first thing is start with your inner work, like start with yourself, your relationship with yourself, um, work on healing the stuff that's there that's 
keeping love away, right? So like number one, and this is really the thing to do is like the basis of everything. Your act, the actions that you will or won't take will naturally, much more naturally come from it when you're already in that place of like, you're good with yourself and you've done your inner work. So that's like number one. Um, number two is like, learn about men, learn about relationships, like learn about love. Like these are things that we don't learn in school. Mm -hmm. Uh, most of our families are not great examples of that. Um, so like society is not a great <laughs> example of this. Like most relationships are not doing so great. So like learn those things. Cause you've got to go out and find it. It's not going to come to you. And a lot of this stuff, um, it doesn't come naturally. Like it, it goes against our instincts and our survival system that like we're wired for. So it's, it's something you have to go get, you have to go find that. Um, yeah. And then I think number three, and you kind of touched on this is like, you've done your inner work. You've like learned what you need to learn about just men and relationships and how to show up. And mm -hmm. then you have to go put yourself out there, like go do it. Like find the thing that feels really good for you to do. Go meet men and like get experience with dating, get experience with meeting men, like get on the apps, go places, like live a full life. So I think that's my, my third one. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Elizabeth, of course, I want, you know, uh, so our viewers can know where to find you. But before then, uh, you know, my last question before we close out, is there anything that um that you that you would like to address that maybe you feel like I haven't addressed yet or do you feel like we sort of you know covered all our base I just want to make sure like I you know give uh you know I guess gave gave you the chance to you know kind of uh tell, tell your story and what you do yeah no I think we covered a lot I've, yeah. I've got nothing to add right now <laughs> well yeah so you know before we close out where can our viewers find uh, you know, where can our viewers find you if they want to follow you and get to see more of the work that you do outside of, um, you know, outside of here? Yeah, outside yeah. Um, so I'm on Instagram at Elizabeth Karina Coaching. And I'm also on YouTube also at Elizabeth Karina Coaching. And Instagram is the place that I am the most often. So that's probably the place to go if you want to follow me. But there's a lot of content that is up on YouTube as well. Awesome. Elizabeth, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being willing to come on to my podcast. I had a great time getting to know you. I'm probably going to publish this, if not next week, the week after that. But um, I will give you the update on when I do. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing this with our viewers and getting your story and all the amazing work you're doing out there. I, I can't wait to see what you do next. And I'll be following your journey from here. So I hope you have a great weekend and hopefully, you know, the weather out here is nice this weekend, too. It is. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. That was an awesome conversation. You ask great questions. <laughs> yeah, I try my best. Well, uh, you know, until, uh, you know, until that notification comes, I'll let you know I'm sending it. You, uh, you have a great weekend. Okay. And uh, keep doing great work. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Bye. Right. Take care.